series. Today we will be talking about patient management and communication and we are joined by University of Queensland dental student Lisa, Anne and Sean who will be sharing with us their experiences and stories regarding patient management as well as some tips that can come in handy when you're in a tough situation with a patient. So stay on to listen and find out more. Welcome to another episode of the ADSA Brace Yourself podcast series. This month, we're going to be talking about patient management and communication. So I'm Lisa. Um, I'm a fourth year student at UQ Dentistry, and I was born and raised in Canberra. Um, So this year, I'm the ADSA Liaison Officer, and I'm also on the committee of the Australian Dental Health Foundation as well. So a little bit about UQ. Um, We are on our own campus here, and we've combined with Metro North Public Health Service. Um, So we see patients that are eligible here, such as ones with concession card holders, and we begin our clinical work from year two. So we start seeing patients then. Join with me today. I've got two guests. I've got Sean, who's in fourth year, and Anne, who's in fifth year, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi guys, my name's Sean. Um, I grew up in the country before moving to Brisbane to start dentistry. I'm currently in my fourth year at UQ. Um, in third year, I received the Royal Australian Air Force Scholarship. Um, so they've mentored me a lot through my degree, which has been really helpful and really excited to talk about patient communication. Hey guys, I'm Anne. I'm a fifth year student. Um, I just finished my placement over in Stafford. I'm going to be heading out into the country in August. Um, I was raised in Melbourne, I moved to UQ and did some UQ DSA work and that's how I met Lisa. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> so thanks for joining me today guys. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the tips and tricks we've picked up for managing patients as well as some of the more difficult cases that we have um, might have had to manage in clinics. Um, one of the things that actually really helped me which we didn't um, get at uni, but a supervisor actually told me to read this article, which was called Treatment Planning Concepts for Aging Patients. Um, And in this article, like it made me realize that um, often, personally, I tended to look in the patient's mouth, um, do all the like medical history and like dental and oral health. And then I would look in their mouth see like think of a problem list in my head and then I would tend to just like make a treatment plan for them and I wouldn't even ask what the patient even wants (laughs) like if they've got like a missing tooth space or something I would just like tell them some options like not even asking if they wanted that gap filled um which I think happens quite a lot actually yeah I actually used that um article in my assignment yeah, it's, it's quite yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's quite good. I should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is there anything that you guys have picked up? 
Um, like things I could improve on. Yeah, all that you've learnt like through seeing patients. Um, something big for me, because I was, I'm the same grade as Lisa, so we started um, seeing patients in second year, but really I think I only saw two patients in my yeah, whole same. year in second year before going into third year and then in third year COVID hit. So we only got like two weeks at uni and then we had the rest of the year off of clinic. So I think coming back in fourth year, I was quite nervous to actually see patients, treatment manage and communicate because we're fourth year and I feel like I haven't really done that much of it. So I think I was sort of overcompensating in the sense that I would spend most of a 90-minute appointment for a comprehensive examination speaking to them, building rapport and you know, finding out what their problems are, what they want done, and not leaving myself enough clinical time. And I think that was more of me being nervous and compensating for something. So now that I've sort of seen more patients, I think it's important to, yeah, you need to have that patient communication and management treatment plan, but you need to leave yourself enough time to actually be able to do something in the appointment clinically (laughs) because it was was, yeah it was definitely a coping mechanism of mine just thinking like oh well if I you know stuff this up at least they like me which is like it really I think it's like more common than you would expect but yeah so would you say like you're better now at time management yeah I think I'm better now at keeping it very professional like picking you know picking like two three things that is that is causing them issues and actually looking in their mouth and assessing on my own not just taking their word for everything and then not you know not getting enough clinical Mm. time actually i will say one thing i've done before is like if there's some small talk in the middle of the conversation um sometimes i actually write in the notes like what we've talked about just so i can bring it up next time yeah i think it's like a good like yeah have a little conversation heaps of densest Heaps of dentists in my private clinic do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I asked one patient about how was a jam business going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how are the kids? Yeah. 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 Supervisors would literally be like, why is this in your notes? You're like, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they like you know to talk doing. about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it was sort of like the opposite for me. Like we started in second year halfway through and then just, uh, you know, kept going forward with all the 01 once and then – like we there was no COVID until fourth year so when COVID hit that was um that was the year we needed to get more crowns and endos done and you need a lot of time for that so we're all kind of freaking out um and then we all kind of at that stage we're very used to talking for 60 minutes in a 90 minute appointment literally yeah (laughs) yeah I still honestly did that way up until this year okay the start very honestly um because I thought I have the time when I just talk to them and the supervisor's yeah. like never here Take anyway. Take forever to see you. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, why not? But I went to a placement, it was really good and they, like every time I would spend more than 10 minutes talking to a patient, they're like, tap, tap, tap. Yeah. Get a goddamn yeah, move on. Totally, <laughs> like, because I, I do weekend work for private, like yeah. just working privately as a dental assistant and they literally take about two minutes max yeah. to have a chat talk you know talk through the medical history and it's straight in the chair straight yes, in the mouth straight, straight getting started because you know at the end of the day time is money and I think working in a public system where we're conditioned to sort of uh like when we're at uni it's not based on money it's not based on how many item codes you're doing but I think that is something to keep in mind because it's going to be such a shock going from like a public system where you have the leisure of yeah. being like that to working especially corporate 
um, you just have to get straight into it. Mm. Not, not straight into it, but you need to you get into it. Yeah, you, yeah, you get a few minutes. Yeah, like true. We're yeah. pretty lucky that we have a lot of time yeah. to spend. Yeah, I guess a lot of it is at least like when um, the system we have here to put the medical history into um, the program we have. There's like a lot of questions to go through because it's each of the systems Completely. in the body, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of forces you to do a very comprehensive definitely. exam. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Have you guys had any anxious patients before that you've had to? I had a tricky talk one. Yeah, I had yeah. a tricky one. Um, funnily enough, it was my first ever endo, like root canal treatment um, consultation. So we had three hour consultation. And I saw something in the notes, like, uh, they didn't say that this patient was, like, disgruntled or anything, but it just sort of alluded to the fact that she may have been difficult. And I went out into the waiting room, called her name, and this lady looked up at me that was just, like, rolled her eyes. And I said, oh, are you ready to go? And she was like, are you ready? (laughs) I just thought, oh, no. Oh, no. So I get her in, and this was where I made my mistake because I was so nervous about it being my first root canal, making it access cavity, et cetera, et cetera. I just said something in passing like, oh, don't worry, like, it'll mostly just be having a chat today. And I didn't know that she was in excruciating pain and she was not happy about that. Um, So she's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I've been in pain for weeks, like, um, giving symptoms about, you know, radiating through a face. And I'm sort of thinking, is it, like, neurological is it like a facial infection yeah like and she said something (laughs) like I've done the cold test at home on my own I'm a nurse I don't need you to do the cold test like just kept going on about how she's a nurse and wants to know the medications I don't know it was it was a lot and I just sort of was there like uh, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, like, I don't want to tell you this is my first root canal, but I have no yeah, idea what you're going true. on about. So, yeah. um, something that I realised through that was the importance of making a quick diagnosis in endodontics. Because if somebody's in really bad pain, they you just want to numb them up so that they're more compliant. But you can't numb them up before making a diagnosis. So, like percussion mm-hmm. test, cold test, electric test. You know. So I ended up just like cutting to the chase, getting the supervisor in straight away, making a really quick diagnosis and numbing her up. And once she was numbed up, she was actually like a completely different person. So it just Mm -hmm. goes to show how much pain can affect someone. They're not necessarily a difficult person. It's just pain can be so terrible. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. What about you, Anne? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of anxious patients yeah. that you see in public for sure and there's a lot of comorbidities with that. There's stuff you encounter like PTSD, um, depression, anxiety. It might not even be related to a dentist, but you hear a lot mm-hmm. of patients saying, you know, I had a bad experience as a six-year-old child. I got slapped or kicked Yeah, by A lot of those stories. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of, um, I guess, need to show through action that you are going to be a different experience to ye olden days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 30 years ago but yeah um and and show that you're you're you know there and that you care about taking care of them and helping them through their pain because they are a really different person when they're in pain versus yeah. when they're out of it for sure yeah. like um for me I you know there's all those active listening behavioral management um techniques that lecturers like to harp on about but yeah. it's actually like really applicable like I've been using 
the peds, <laughs> yeah, behavior management techniques on patients. Oh yeah, really anxious pa- mm-hmm. patients specifically, and it really works for them. So it all it's all applicable. The stuff they teach it's just a matter of incorporating all of that too. And when I like to, um, I like to bring the patients in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm busy doing notes, so that's not the case. But um, <laughs> when I bring the patient in, I like to, you know, greet them with a lovely smile. And mm-hmm. you put on this spa voice. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> so shout out to Astrid. She uh, works at Lush and she told me how to speak oh with this. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I you know how they just have drag you over to the counter and put all of these, like... Yeah, they want to wash your hands. They want to wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. So you can't do the same voice. Um, but you obviously don't have, you know, the beautiful smells and the harmless substances yeah. around you. So you just kind of like when you're giving them LA, it's obviously not pleasant uh-huh. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Most of the time they're, they're in pain, so they want the LA. But, yeah. you know, when you're doing the LA, you just kind of like massage their cheek, like retract it with the mirror. Oh, I've seen this. Do like that yes. massaging yeah. motion. Yeah, like little circles. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And then that just kind of gives them something to just be yeah. distracted by. Yeah. And then you, you know, pop in that needle. Yeah. Not fun, but then you're like... Breathe in, yeah, and out. Yeah, and oh my in, god, and out. I really need like I'm doing the motion right now because I can only do it as I'm <laughs> doing the LA. <laughs> yeah, um, we're doing the LA motion right now with an IDV. Um, yeah. yeah, then you just kind of talk them through the process with a really soothing voice, and the anxious patients tend to really like that because. Mm-hmm. It's a spa. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like I know we said earlier about sort of like not taking too much time in like patient management and things mm-hmm. like that, but you're definitely right, like taking an extra two minutes to explain like a mm. procedure or like what we're gonna do with numbing or yeah. it can make them so much more relaxed and compliant. So that's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I agree with the um like telling them um like spa voices would. <laughs> and what I find, I've had an anxious patient before where, um, like, you really need to, at least for him, he really needed to know what I was doing at all times. Like, mm. if I was going to get another instrument, yeah, um, what, like, he would always try sit up and see what I'm doing and see oh, what I'm grabbing. That's hard. Mm. And so um, I learned from that. And he would say, oh, what's that? What are you doing? Mm. And so I learned from that appointment for the next ones just so I would know to explain. Yeah. It's yeah. almost I'm like. i do this now. And actually I think that almost gave like he knew so well what was going on. Yeah. Like, yeah. His consent would have been like. Exactly what I'm doing. It's almost like um, um, thinking out loud sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which I, actually, I, I, yeah, I, I think do some that. people in our year actually, yeah, they do that automatically, do that, yeah. just so they know. And also, yeah. when you explain to the patient what you're doing, they sometimes they ask why, and you're like, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I assist on the weekends too, and there was this one dentist. She knows everything, so mm-hmm. she had this really anxious patient come in, and he'd be like. Why are you saying, like, when you're doing the buckle? He didn't say buckle in the field, but, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm saying it for doing our benefit. Yeah. yeah, on this side, you're saying, um, it, you're not saying it, but on the other side, it's lingual or palatal. Mm-hmm. You're saying a bit of a pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So why are you saying it in different circumstances? And I was just sitting there, like, as a DA, like, I don't know. <laughs> the dentist, she's really good with anxious patients. Yeah. She was like, oh, because on this side, there's a bit more room, and the other side, there's not that much room. Yeah. Yeah. Tissue and bone, so it's a bit more of a pinch. And he was like, okay. Like, so just everything, like... You know, all those answers really help anxious patients too. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, like, avoiding certain trigger words, <laughs> which you might have heard that tip in uni, but <laughs> I always say numbing, like... Yeah, I never say yeah, needle. No, no, yeah. And I, I learned something too. Um, always call a needle 
like you know the long tip versus a short tip always call it a block or an infill so like if you're asking your DA one day when you're a qualified dentist I want a block yeah. instead of I want a long yeah because yeah. like saying a long needle That's in front true. of a patient is really I would be scared yeah or yeah. like even just pointing at the actual needle yeah like, just no words <laughs> yeah. at all like, I know um one of my friends, she has a piece of paper out and she'll write something on the piece of paper. Mm. Like if she's not sure about something, doesn't want to ask the question in front of the patient or, you know, mm. needs something. Yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, I think as well sometimes instead of sounding unsure to the patient because um, I can understand it would be so nervous being the patient um, if you ask a question and your practitioner doesn't sound very sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? You can definitely turn around, do a quick Google if you need to. Oh, yeah. I've seen dentists do that for yeah, drugs same. and things. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Disclaim everybody, afraid, don't yeah. go Google for drugs. Go on, <laughs> go on, go on ADA.org. Look up Australian Medicines Handbook. Handbook yeah. yeah. Or you go on Don't go on Google. Sorry, sorry. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> but, yeah, like, don't be afraid to... Like, just look something up instead of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Unsure. Or yeah. saying you're, you're unsure because mm. that's not yeah, very, like, confidence-inducing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Absolutely. I do think, like, in a situation where you are a student, like, they are quite understanding. Mm. If you, Like, if you aren't sure, like, checking with supervisors mm. completely within your rights, so you shouldn't feel bad about needing to mm. do that as a student. But what if – have you had any unhappy patients – and they're not as understanding. What do you um, say or do for them? I'm trying to think. I had one. I had one lady who drive like was driving from I don't know an hour away or something. Yeah. And she wanted all of her fillings done in one session, and she had something like five, six fillings. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. I like COVID. I don't even know like. <laughs> Can I do a class two distal <laughs> posterior? I don't know if I even can. So it was a lot. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and the first time she came in, like, I think we only got three done, which I was actually really proud of. Mm. And she was quite mm. angry and she said something like, oh, it feels like you're not even, like you're too gentle. It feels like you're not oh. even doing enough. And like, it's, around, yeah, man. it's such a hard thing to hear when yeah, yeah. they teach us, you know, minimal dentistry, like, be gentle it's a good thing so it's funny how different people interpret things differently like, like almost in the sense of like you know budget shoppers and they are attracted to like discount bins with lots of products that look really cheap and things yeah. like that or there's like a luxury shopper who you know shops like really expensive items things laid out nicely like it's funny how some people who have never experienced like I, you know like lucrative dentistry in a private practice coming to coming to see me they just expect it to be rough and hard and they want as much done as they can mm. um and they don't really realize like how difficult that can be so that was challenging but do you get a good result in the end like was she yeah happier by the end of it? um I just ended up ex- like taking a good 15 minutes mm-hmm. to explain to her you know this is how we're taught, like, we, I want to be gentle, I don't want to do too much for you, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, um, and we ended up booking another appointment, but we did book her in for a double session, so made the, the drive yeah. worth it, I suppose. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they expect hard. one thing, but you're giving another. But it's good to be gentle, I think. Um, but I just it's not what she was expecting, probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. didn't expect that. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Like yeah. sometimes you do need to take the time to explain yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Like different. Yeah, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. changed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, for me, there's been plenty. Um, sometimes it's been my fault. Sometimes. Yeah, it's it's just been circumstantial, I want to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you get a lot of patients in public and just in general too who, mm-hmm. you know, who've either had a bad experience and they just really don't want to be there but they know they have to because they're in so much pain mm-hmm. or um, it's, just, it's just them or maybe mm-hmm. it's just you. So for me, this like near the beginning – changed now near the beginning um I had this patient who you know had a lot of stuff going on in his life um and the treatment planning was pretty complex yeah but he needed antibiotics and because we're not you know really taught antibiotic prophylaxis that much Mm -hmm. I want to say um in terms of procedures like we like we never really referenced the therapeutic guidelines that clown book yeah because we had like a million lectures to go through first so that stuff can come later yeah. but you know I hadn't read that yet <laughs> yeah no that's so fair yeah, yeah. yeah so then he, he I was like oh you need antibiotics before um dental treatment for like cleans and he was like okay yeah I can do that that's fine and I was like okay cool well let's take you to the doctor um get that all sorted out yeah. and then come back here um, what I should have said was you need an hour before treatment mm-hmm. and we're going to give you, or you can take it, like four mm-hmm. capsules of amoxicillin right. um, like an hour beforehand because um, that's the general procedure. It's been done for 15 years. So there was yeah. a bit of misunderstanding there because I didn't know what was going on. So mm-hmm. he didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. So the doctor didn't know what was going on. Oh, no. Yeah, so that got really messy. Um, so I had to take a couple minutes to explain to him admit my own fault as well like mm-hmm. I should have explained it clearer sorry about that and he started off unhappy I think he was just really really aggravated that day because he pumped himself full of antibiotics and couldn't take no, it right. yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well he ended up seeing me for the rest of my placement and he was really happy with me and he oh, was good. like you've improved so much I trust you so much oh, I was like, oh, oh, right. oh my <laughs> god <laughs> Thank you. You've seen my full growth camp. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, but yeah, just um, yeah, taking a bit of time, not like a shocking amount, because then yeah. we wasted that whole appointment. But time to explain it and make sure you develop some competency at home to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I went recently went to like this Avenue Dental mentorship thing. They're really good. Mm. Um, I had a really great time there. Um, where one. So of, what did you do there? Uh, it was like a, a like a day long of like. A bunch of people in the same room like 50 people for like four or five of their staff members yeah. um and then they just kind of went through a few lectures on like caries removal crown preps surgical and then we got to wow. like like we got to do like some hands-on stuff there it was really good but yeah. one of them cool. like the key thing one of them said was like it's easier to ask for permission than forgiveness it's like a flip of the actual saying mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure but okay you know you want to make sure that any risks and complications you might encounter, they, yeah. the patient knows about, so that if it happens, it's all good on your end because you already warned them about the risks with that duty of care situation that yeah. I'm sure you're reading about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know, have that permission and the knowledge that they, they might encounter this complication before the procedure starts, like if it's an extraction or root canal. And that's mm-hmm. um, better to avoid as much unhappiness as possible. Yeah. So you're trying to prevent it first. But if it happens, 
you already told them. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like an excuse. It yeah. sounds like you're smart. You're confident yeah. for knowing what <laughs> yeah. could have happened. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. it's your biology. Yeah. <laughs> think, um, yeah. With communication, with that, I think comes, like, good rapport, pretty much. If you communicate well with the patient and the patient knows what's going on, um, I feel like they're more likely to be happy to come back mm-hmm. and trust you. And trust yeah. you, yeah. Trust your opinion, like, trust your yeah. judgment. So I think, yeah, literally what Anne was saying, like, a while ago, I think from the get-go, like, when you greet the patient, um, you know, in a positive manner, mm-hmm. um, you know, be welcoming, and at least with mine, like, sometimes I try to, like, keep it quite light-hearted, yeah, obviously within the professional mm-hmm. yeah. um, boundaries. I don't know if everyone do th- does this, but sometimes I'll put on, like, music in the background because I feel yeah, like I've it's more... Mm-hmm. Um, comfortable for the patient. It's not for everyone though. I have had patients where they've requested me to turn it off, (laughs) which is fine. I don't mind. But sometimes it's not as... I've definitely always heard like don't discuss politics or religion with your patients. (laughs) Keep it very happy. Focus on it. Oh no. (laughs) Did it go okay? (laughs) The patient initiated it. Oh Appointments and reports since then. Oh, so it was only with that one yeah, patient. Okay, you know, it depends. It yeah, depends. hopefully you're like views aligned. I guess if they bring it up first, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you guys go about building rapport through like communication? Yeah, like I definitely think what Anne was saying, it comes from the very first second of you mm-hmm. meeting them. You know, you need to be confident walking out when you're. You know, stating their name, give them eye contact, can shake their hand, <laughs> invite contact. them in. Yeah, like, <laughs> <Yes. yeah. laughs> um, like, I just think it's important, like you said, be welcoming and friendly. Yeah. Um, and just really listen. Like, I hear so many times people complain about, like, you know, dentists don't care that they don't care. They just sort of treat me as a number. They don't really listen to me. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to just take the time, like, active listening nodding eye contact I always have a notebook and I'll sit in front of the patient sit at eye level so I sit on my chair Mm -hmm. and you know be on the same level as them not standing over them or anything and actively you know even if it's not that important like they see me writing down the things that they're saying and jotting it Mm -hmm. down and I think that just solidifies them that I care and I'm keeping record and I'm active listening yeah Yeah. I know what I'm already formulating a plan for them Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any tips or valuable things that you've learned in dental school, maybe observing other dentists or things that have stuck with you? Mm. Um, for the placement I was at, they really um, – I had the supervisor who was really good and she basically drilled in um, having automated scripts in your head So that when you're tired, which is going to be very inevitable if it hasn't happened already, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, if you're tired or you're just having a bad day at Mm -hmm. home, like you you can't mess up in the appointment and you can't do this colossal mistake that costs the patient and makes them unhappy as well. Like, Mm -hmm. so you would go through medical history systematically, um, look out for any red flags like Mm -hmm. polio or a need for antibiotics or anything like that. and then, you know, when you have, like, the pre-op risks and complications, you just know exactly what to say, so it covers you as well. Yeah. And then yeah. afterwards, like, if they get, I don't know, facial palsy, you know what to say as well. Yeah. So you just have, like, scripts in your head so you know what, what to say. 
and to be deliberate with your words. So I went through like half a semester where I was, every time I got an x-ray wrong, I was like, sorry, I missed the apex here. Can we retake it? And the patient's like, okay. Yeah. But then she called people on the side and she was like, don't say that again. <laughs> just oh, say, can we take this at a different angle? So it makes right. you look more confident. Yeah. It's part of their treatment. And then like less likely to sue you afterwards for exposing them <laughs> to like true. excess radiation. So yeah. be very deliberate, you know, don't say stuff like needle or yeah. Yeah, just just things like that. Just be really careful yeah. with your words. And then um and that works pretty well. The patients are always a lot more cooperative yeah. in those situations as well. I think something that I learned outside of university when I was working I had this really amazing dentist that I only worked with like twice and both times she had the same speech, like a scripted thing that you were talking Did it have about. The same jokes in it? <laughs> oh my gosh, don't be saying that. No, this this girl was she was really amazing. So she sort of had a script for each different thing, like um why you should get a crown, why you should keep these teeth, why you should. And one of her scripts was why you should keep your back, like, you know, molars. Um, And she talked about, like, I knew, she talked about uh, dementia, it reducing the risk of uh, dementia because some, like, the chewing is some neuronal activity. Yeah. Or she should like st- oh read studies. Mm. So something about keeping your back teeth will reduce falls risk when you're older because the the muscles the the muscles that are activated when you clench your back teeth is the same as like your reflex for stopping yourself from falling Ooh. or something. And she had a list of like five different things, and I thought that was so amazing that she'd taken the time to sit down, read these studies, and actually come up with script for each reason as to why you should do you know each particular thing so I think yeah the first thing I would do is when I have a bit of time is definitely sit down have a day of just reading like peer-reviewed high quality data and actually trying to find some of these things that I can use like I think there's something about like after a root canal it's like six times more likely to like longevity of the tooth putting a crown on it or something Mm. like I, I really like to have a sort of script of my own based on um, literature. Mm. Uh, the other thing that I would say, something that I learned in clinic, yeah. um, I had this elderly man who was a lollipop man for the school, so he couldn't really do mornings or afternoons with the shifts at the school, which made it really, really hard with university and fitting him in because, you know, we have lunch and we have like a three-hour session to get yeah. things done. Um, and he had carries under his crowns. He really needed to get them replaced. I hadn't done any crowns yet as well. So he he was quite adamant in the first, you know, consultation. No, like, I can't really make these appointments. You know, I can't miss work. And I explained yeah. to him, you kind of have to because if there's no other times. Our times go for, like, three hours. You, you really need to be here morning or afternoon. Like, I can't do anything else. And I sort of tried to, you know, mo- motivation, like, Mm-hmm. if you don't get this done like could lead to an abscess you could have to take more time off work so you know do you want to take one or two shifts off or do you want to have to take longer off sort of thing and looking back I think I should have respected and listened to him a bit more on what he wanted like timings wise with his appointments because he gave in to me pretty much we booked the appointment I booked a three-hour crown console and I think I booked like three other appointments for this guy because he had like oh, two yeah. or three crowns that needed yeah. redoing like it was pretty bad mm-hmm. and he came to the appointment literally just 
stopped in for 10 minutes, was like, sorry, I'm not making any of these appointments, I can't do it. And I just wasted a three-hour session. So I think it's really important to also, like, not force too much what you think is the best thing yeah. for them. It's mm -hmm. important, like, patient autonomy, what do they think, what do they want, like, and just outline the risks for them and they can make an informed decision themselves. Mm -hmm. So that was a big lesson for me. Because if they can't make the appointment, then there's no point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just um, yeah, let them seek other other avenues. Yeah, I exactly. I was like, you can go private. Yeah, bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good yeah. on him. I can't believe he made the first one and then decided he couldn't make the <laughs> rest. <laughs> tricky, tricky, tricky. Yeah, tricky, tricky. That's true. What have you learned, Lisa, from your observations? From my observations, yeah. um, I feel like definitely it's annoying, but I think like having a the experience, I think you gain a lot of knowledge from like actually just being there and doing like when you're treating patients, I feel like you gain a lot of experience from that rather than what you learn necessarily. Like I've um, met a lot of dentists who say that majority of your learning, especially with patient management, it, it comes after uni um mm. it doesn't come from lectures like you just need mm. to um like see a lot of patients and through that you gain experience yeah and that. i guess there's yeah. always like cpd courses like i know a lot of mm -hmm. um dentists that i've spoken to they do like i asked a dentist once like what's the most important course i should do cpd once i graduate and he said learning how to communicate, communicate yeah. with someone about crowns or about, yeah, yeah like, yeah, mm. it's definitely, I agree with that. I think it's something that we'll learn over time. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys have, like, one takeaway thing you'd want people to know about for patient management and communication to wrap up the episode today? I think I know mine. What's yours? I think... Definitely, at the end of the day, for me especially, is just be a positive person, I think. Like, you're not going to have a patient who wants to see someone who's not very happy, yeah. really doesn't want to be there, yeah. not confident, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think confidence and positivity, for me, probably gets me quite far, I think. I think mine would probably be even though I open this segment with saying I take too much time with patients before yeah. starting clinical work. <laughs> take the time. I really do believe if you take an extra five minutes with someone, that could be the difference between them returning for all the work you've treatment planned, that you've mm. taken the time to treatment plan, versus them going, this person has no idea what they're talking about, they don't care, they're just money hungry, they're just whatever it may be reassurance if you just take five minutes to reassure someone listen to them and tailor treatment to what they yeah. want mm. it could result in having a regular patient for the next 20 years you know yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i i do agree with that like you don't need to have like a half hour mm. conversation but just taking a bit more time than you would in like the first very first appointment would be really helpful in just getting them to know that you're in this for them mm -hmm. also you're not getting paid. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Why <laughs> um, no, didn't say that? Um, for me, um, it would definitely be communicating with confidence. Yeah. Um, and if you're not confident, fake it. Yep. 
um, because you know they will leave being like, yeah, yeah, they were pretty confident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When and then you're just at home like brushing up on your nose because you had no idea what you were talking about yeah. that day. And then you know they'll come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And oh, okay. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, like we've got supervisors there to support us yeah. while we're at university yeah. through this yeah. whole thing. So. Well, and then you've yeah. got something to like go back home and go over again. Exactly. Yeah. Will actually, benefit for next time. You are you are always learning, and you are always growing. If you're not learning. You're not doing anything, is what supervisors <laughs> told me. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yes. Lovely. Yeah. Also, get a job that really helps. Right. Yes, dental yeah, assisting so through uni. Yeah. I've learned, I shouldn't say this, I feel like majority of patient communication. Observing tips others. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I work. Watching it's crazy. Yeah. Even like, I watch like this periodontist suture pretty much Ooh. like all day, and that's how I learned yeah. how suture because we don't get caught. <laughs> I completely agree with God. that. God. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Get a job. <laughs> That's yeah. Or even if you don't get a job, if you have time and you're allowed to go, um, like shadow yeah. or watch other dentists work. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm not gonna lie, even watching other like of your students, like your other yeah. mates, even that you can gain yeah. something from that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I know there's a lot of um, volunteering opportunities around Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And also, um, dentists love to talk and teach chair side yeah <laughs> have you noticed yeah definitely yeah, yeah like i'm i kind of volunteer with su chi it's a buddhist mm. foundation just on hope street in south brisbane and i know they really need some um you know experienced um dental students to help out and i just think it's fantastic learning from them they take the time to help you because you're not getting paid for it you don't have to worry about you know fitting in a shift with with uni and exams, mm-hmm. so I think definitely look into volunteering as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you, Lisa and Adsa. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>